I want everybody to hear my next statement, which is the first statement of the sermon today. You may open your Bibles to Acts 17. That's not the statement. But here's the statement. Noah was a woman, and I can prove it. But you got to agree with two statements. The first statement is every word of God in the Bible is true. And a daughter is the same thing as a woman. Today that's important. Numbers 27.1 Then drew near the daughters of Zelophehad, the son of Hepher, son of Gilead, son of Maker, son of Manasseh, from the clans of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. The names of his daughters were Melah, Noah, Haglah, Milcah, and Terzah. I didn't say it was the Noah who built the ark. I just said Noah was a woman. Right? I used to do that in revivals, tell people if they got so many people by Friday night, I'd prove from the Bible Noah was a woman. Back then, you didn't have the internet. Y'all could have looked that up like before I finished that today. So I figured I better go ahead and let you off. I was going to tell you, if you came back for ice cream tonight, I would tell you how. But listen, that is a statement that at first you said, oh, that's not, tr- that's not true. Or maybe, maybe you've heard that before and you knew that. But, but maybe you just say, what's he talking about? That cannot possibly be true. And sometimes when we hear a falsehood, we know immediately it's a falsehood. And we go and we research. I, in today's world where everything is down to a soundbite or a meme... And, and then everything is politicized, like playing football is politicized, playing basketball, you know, sports are politicized. Everything is po- political now. People are arguing back and forth, and most of it is just the pooling of ignorance. You know what I mean? And, 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 and uh, I, I have been in discussions with people, and I said, show me where, prove it. And I've only had a few people ever say, okay, and try to do that because... If you can prove it, then okay, I'll, 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 we'll talk about it. But, but sometimes we hear things, and we know they're wrong, but sometimes we hear things that may be just a little bit off, and we don't catch it. For instance, let me make another statement that I think is pretty obvious. Jesus is not God in the same way as Jehovah is God. You say, well, I, I don't believe that. Obviously, Jesus is God, yet I'm telling you that that. Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, Muslims, and many Baptists don't really believe that. Some Baptists believe that Jesus began to exist when he was born of Mary in Bethlehem instead of being the eternal Son of God from before the foundations of the world. So why is there that lack? Why do people buy into things that are not true but they sound good maybe? It's because of biblical ignorance. Because we have, we, we have allowed ourselves to, to have a lack of biblical knowledge. And, and, and I know what some of you might would say, and, and because I've heard it before. Well, you had an opportunity to go to seminary. And I, I will give you that, yes, I, I took advantage of that. I had an opportunity. I went to Bible school. I went to seminary. And I studied the Bible a lot. But guess what? I studied the Bible a lot. Nobody's keeping you from doing the same thing. Not that you have to go to school, but you can read it. You can study it. There's plenty of tools available. Like I said at the beginning, you could have looked up Noah in the Bible that fast while I was talking and probably found the answers. Actually, in Chronicles as well, the same uh, guy with his daughters are listed. 
But today there's a lack of biblical knowledge because we don't take time to learn what the Bible is saying. And so if some people can be fooled and carried away with an obvious lie like Jesus is not Jehovah, as God is Jehovah, then what about a lie like God wants you to be happy? Doesn't that sound good? God wants you to be happy. The Bible doesn't say that anywhere. God wants you to be holy. God wants you to look like Jesus, but nowhere does the Bible promise that you're going to be happy about it. Do you know that? I have written in a Bible from when I was a kid, happiness, we, happiness is not automatic. We stumble over it on our road to duty. We, we are happy when we're right with God and in His will. We, we, we hear things like, God doesn't condemn people to hell for dot, 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 name the sin of the month. Because people are arguing today, we have a unique little Sunday school class. It's only a 10-week class. We've got a few weeks left. And this morning we were talking about a hot topic. And, and are those people worse sinners than other people? And the answer is no, obviously not. But people do go to hell when they don't repent and receive Christ into their life. And their lives are radically transformed. Our lives need to be transformed by the grace of God. And so we believe when people say, oh, you, God doesn't hate you know, people. God wouldn't send anybody to hell. And there is a bit of a truth to that. God doesn't send anybody to hell. You're born going to hell. God saves some people. And that's a good thing, that, that he will save you if you call upon him. So why do we struggle with these basic things? We know what the Bible says, but here, even if we know what the Bible says, we struggle with them because we want a God made in our own image. We want a God that we can understand, that we can handle, that we can manipulate, that we can somehow control. And here's what I want you to take home with you today. We must believe in the real Messiah that's described in the Scripture. we got to believe in the, God, in the Jesus of the Bible. And that's why I always tell people, because I want you, in today's passages one of the big places where I get this, I want you to study the scriptures that I'm talking about and challenge me if you see something that you think I was wrong about. Because I may be. And if I am wrong, I'll make you a promise. I'll come back the very next week, stand up and say, last week I said this and I was wrong. So and so help me out. I won't call your name if you don't want me to. And, and they helped me understand that and I messed that up. And I went back and I was wrong because I'm a fallible man. I am not... The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar, right? So I don't expect you to trust what I'm saying. I expect you to look it up, figure it out, study it for yourself. And so we've got to believe in the Messiah of the Bible. When somebody says, I don't believe Jesus would do that, you can say, well, that's fine what you believe, but the Bible says he is that way. And you've got to have a reason for it. You understand? You don't have to be mean about that, but you've got to understand that. I know I sound mean when I'm talking. My wife tells me that. I can say pass the biscuits and sound like I'm mad. I don't mean to do that, but anyway. So let me read these verses. Let's stand up together. We're going to read these first 15 verses, and then we're going to have a prayer, okay? And then we'll get into the meat. Now when they had passed through Amphipolis, which means the city of Amphi, and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica. I practiced those, and I still couldn't say them. Where there was a synagogue of the Jews, and Paul went in, as was his custom, and on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the Scriptures. Now, notice that. He reasoned. He didn't argue. He reasoned with them. What did he reason with? With the Scriptures. And explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer 
or the Messiah to suffer and rise from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Christ or is the Messiah. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas as did a great many of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women. But the Jews, <laughs> but the Jews were jealous and taking some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob, set the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason seeking to bring them out to the crowd. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. And Jason has received them, and they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there's another king, Jesus. And the people and the city authorities were disturbed when they heard these things. And when they had taken money as security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. And now the Jews were more noble there than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. And many of them therefore believed with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea, also they came there to agitating, stirring up the crowds. Then the brothers immediately sent Paul off on his way to the sea, uh, to the sea but Silas and Timothy remained there. Those who uh, conducted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and after receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they departed. So let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you uh, for your word. We thank you that you are a God who has not left us in darkness, but you have shown us a great light. You have given us a written record of what you did and what you are doing. And you also gave us the living word, Jesus, who is the final word. He is the last word that, uh, of God that is going to speak to us. And we learn of Jesus through the pages of your word, the scripture, the Bible. And so, Lord, we pray this day that in Jesus' name, Lord, you would just fill my heart my mind with your words. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. And, Lord, I pray for every listener in this room who may ever hear this, that right now in Jesus' name you would open their heart to hear what the Spirit would say to the churches. And, Lord, we thank you and we love you. And we pray this day that you'd be glorified in our life. We ask you to uh, bind our enemy, that you give us freedom in the Holy Spirit to worship you. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. God bless you, young. Sit down. Wow, poor Paul. How would your, you like your call to ministry be, you're going to preach me as the Messiah, and everywhere you go, they're going to throw you in prison or try to kill you. I mean, that's Paul's call, you know, but he did it anyway. So I just want to show you some quick things here, and then I want to apply it to us. First of all, the message itself is offensive. You know, there are offensive people. I can be an offensive person. I, uh, uh, my wife um, went to, uh, with her mom, uh, her mom on her birthday the first week of July, and she went down to her mom's, and they went off on a little mini vacation for themselves, and and uh, and. When she got back, I said, I don't like me without you. I, I, I just don't. I'm not the same person. I'm not, not very good without her, and, and I don't do well. Uh, when I told her that, I said, but right now you're aggravating me. Um, 
But that's just me. I'm just a grumpy guy. She gave me a, one of those grumpy shirts uh, from Disney or whatever one time with grumpy on it. Because uh, um, her, her best saying is, uh, some mornings I wake up grumpy and some days I let him sleep. But, um, you know, I, I just am that person. And, 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 and it, it can be bad. But, but the message itself is offensive. You can be as nice as you want, but when you say Jesus is the Christ, he is the Son of God, he is eternal God from eternity past to eternity future, he entered human existence through a virgin in Bethlehem, was born into human existence in a perfect form, and being perfect and being found in the image of God, did not hold on to his deity, but emptied himself and became a servant to everyone so that he could die on a cross by actively not sinning his entire life and then dying in my place, in your place, on a cross, being buried because the dude was dead, and rising from the dead three days later to go into heaven. That is the Messiah. That will make people so mad they want to kill you. Because that's all Paul was telling them. And he was proving it from the Old Testament. Why? Because the Jewish mindset was what? That the Messiah would come in as his conquering king, and in that day they were suffering under Rome, they kept forgetting that it was their very religious sins that had led them into the captivity hundreds of years before so that they had been conquered by nations. Let's forget that it's kind of our fault that we're here to start with. Now they're hearing about who the real Messiah is and they get so mad they want to kill the messenger. The message of the gospel is offensive. That might be why sometimes we're afraid to share it because we're afraid somebody's going to get mad at us. Uh, Back in the day, and I just mean my youth, uh, people used to say, well, I, I don't want to turn anybody off. And we used to say, how do you turn an off light switch off? They're already off. They're dead in their sin. They're going to hell. They need to know where the light is. They need to know the gospel. They need to know Jesus loves them will save them. And yeah, you may get a personal attack. Very few of us will ever be physically attacked for that. But... But we can stand that in order to love someone enough to tell them the truth. And this offensive message comes from the scripture. Notice what it says in verses 2 and 3. Paul didn't get up and say, hey, I had this great idea. No, Paul got this message in a very violent way, didn't he? Remember, he hated Jesus. He hated the whole idea of Jesus being the Messiah. He was fighting against the idea that this Jewish guy named Jesus was the Messiah of Israel because Paul was the most Jewish Jew alive in his day. I mean, he knew his tribe. He was a Pharisee. He knew all of this stuff. He had trained under the smartest guy alive at the time. Paul becomes the smartest guy alive at the time. And he hated Christians and he was on his way to kill some more of them when Jesus knocks him down and says, dude, quit. It's hard for you to keep rebelling against me, isn't it? And Paul said, who are you? He said, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. He said, okay, I give up. And Paul became a follower of Jesus Christ, and then he spent the rest of his life trying to convince people from the Scripture that the Jesus who some of them had seen is the very promised Messiah from the Old Testament. And that was his message in the synagogue. It's right there in verses 3 and 4, that he was reasoning with them from the Scripture, proving and explaining that it was necessary for the Messiah, the Christ. Now, he's talking to a Greek audience, so it used the word Christ. But these are Greek Jews that the Christ, the Messiah, had to suffer because they didn't believe that. They kind of skipped over Isaiah 51. They kind of skipped over Psalm 22. 
that says the Messiah will suffer, that he will, he will die for the sins of his people, and there will be a light even to the Gentiles. And the message that Paul preached, and as he explained it, there were some people that were converted. I, I love the last statement of verse 3. This Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Messiah. I want you to catch that because you're like me. You grew up in the, in the south here probably, in Virginia. Maybe some of you didn't, but you know, you're like me. You got here as quick as you could. And, and, uh, and, and, but you kind of grew up in the south and you heard about Jesus a lot. And we kind of like assume, everybody knows, yeah, Jesus, yeah, we just, that word Messiah, Christ, doesn't mean that much to us. But to the Jewish people, the Old Testament, they're looking for a deliverer from God to come deliver them. And they thought it was a political thing, much like we think some president's going to deliver us. And he's not. Only God can deliver us. God delivers us from our sin through the Messiah. He's coming back on his war horse. Just read the end of the book. I, I love reading the end of the book sometimes. I, actually, I usually don't. But you read the end of the book, you kind of know where it's going. You know, if the tension's getting too bad, some people go, i got to find out what happens. Then I'll go back and read. Well, if you read the end of the book, you find out we win. He's coming back. But in the meantime, it's going to be a bloody, ugly battle. But when Jesus comes back, and I've said it before from this pulpit, man, i got a vivid imagination. I can see... That white horse coming over heaven, man, and here he comes. And he's coming with a sword in his hand. And he is going to rule and reign. Well, that's later, and they were looking for that. And when this baby is born, and he's the Messiah, and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. What I say is what he wants me to say. What I do is what he wants me to do. That was a controversial message, that he could save them from their sin. You remember they brought a... A paralytic to him. And Jesus just looked at him and says, your sins are forgiven. And they all said, they start talking. How dare he say your sins are forgiven? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus knew what they said. said, excuse me, let me ask you a question. Is it easier for me to say your sins are forgiven? Or is it more difficult for me to say, rise, take up your bed and walk? To prove to you that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Dude, get up and walk. And the guy got up and walked. Y'all know that story? Jesus was claiming Messiah. He proved he was by doing that. Remember, that was one of the proofs. And, and so this message is controversial to these Jewish people, but it's still controversial today. Because people want to say all roads lead to heaven. All religions are the same. If all religions are the same, then why do we have so many of them and why do we need them? Right? And Christianity is not like any other religion. Don't make that mistake. There are really only two religions in the world, Christianity and everything else. Because everything else is a way man can get to heaven. Christianity is how God redeemed man who couldn't get to heaven so that his sins could be forgiven so he could go to heaven eventually, but that he could, he could uh, know God. And so Paul's message did gain some converts. Look in verse 4. I get excited about all that stuff. I'll keep going if I don't move ahead. And, and some of them were persuaded. Now notice that. Only some were persuaded. But then it does go on to say, but a lot of the Greeks were, maybe because he's speaking Greek to them and he's talking about Christ. says, many of the devout Greeks, what does that mean? These are Greek people who had become Jewish or Jews who had been exiled there and now they, they see themselves as Greek, but they're actually Jewish. But these Greek Jewish people are proselytes to Judaism. 
because they, they, they're kind of new to it and they're looking at the scripture and go, you're right, that's what it says, and they believed in Christ. And then it says, and also, uh, and not, uh, sorry, and not a few of the leading women. So there are a lot of leading women in the city who also followed. And, and so that brings us to verse 5 where we see the controversy start. So Paul preaches Jesus as Messiah three Saturdays in a row at the synagogue. A bunch of people come to know Christ. And in verse 5, but the Jews. Remember the glorious buts of the Bible is one of the bad buts of the Bible. But the Jews were jealous. We saw that in the last place too. The Jews were jealous. They got jealous because people were believing Paul. They were the teachers. How dare you? How many of you have had kids go off to college or high school? Just raise your hand. I, I, I thought there were more kids than that amongst us. Okay, yeah. And when they come back and they start talking about what the teacher taught them and you don't agree with that teacher, and they talk about how that great that teacher is and you know he's an idiot, but yet they really believe that teacher, it kind of frustrates you and there's even jealousy can creep in. Or they come home and say, my, my mom made potato salad different than any potato salad I've ever had. My sister might be able to do it. I'm not sure. I can't. I have no clue how she did it. But my best friend loved my mom's potato salad. So he went home and told his mom, Mom, you need to learn how to make potato salad like Stuart's mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, she was a great lady. I call her mom, too. He's my best friend. And the daily ask, but there's no way anybody could do it like my mom did. It's just different, right? I've never made that mistake with my wife, by the way. <laughs> I don't tease about her. She does, she, she's awesome. But I'm just saying it was a unique thing, and nobody could do it that way, and so here are these Jewish teachers, and all of a sudden this guy comes in and says, this Jesus who was crucified in, in Jerusalem is the Messiah, and people believe him, and they get jealous. And so they raise a controversy uh, there in verse 5. And they were jealous, and they took some wicked men of the rabble and formed a mob, set the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out into the crowd. And so we come down to this ironic accusation, verses 5 through 9. The, 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 there was this accusation. Their motive was jealousy. And they formed a mob out of the bad people of the city, out of the rabble of the city. They got everybody that was upset about something, got them together and said, Hey, you know, there's like a paid protester. Let's go down. You can, you can look at videos uh, today of political protests, and some people don't even know why they're there. They've got money to go to the protest, and they're carrying a sign. They can't even explain the sign. And that's kind of what this was. The mob is always demonic. The demon is always a mob. Just know that. Whenever there's a mob, it's a demonic thing because God's not into that. That's not what God does. God gives truth that, and reasons with our mind that we can believe it and put our faith in it or trust in it. And so this accusation's motive was jealousy. But the accusation was a false accusation, but it's still an ironic accusation. Look at verse 6. Here it says, And when they could not find them, Paul and Silas, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, saying, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. And Jason's received them, he goes on to say. And Jason... And, and they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, bald-faced lie, saying there's another king, Jesus. Well, yeah, but they weren't saying Jesus was king in place of Caesar. They're saying he's a different kind of king. But he, it's ironic. They didn't turn the world upside down. I mean, that would mean North America got saved. 
Canada got saved, Central America got saved, South America got saved, China got saved, Russia got saved. No, just their community had been turned upside down, right? Their little kingdom in their synagogue had got turned upside down. To them, I like the preacher who said, they didn't turn it upside down, they turned it right side up. It was already upside down, right? The world we live in is upside down. It's contrary to the way God thinks. It's contrary to what God does. And so we have to, the Bible says we've got to wash our mind and keep renewing our mind through the scripture so we see clearly how God thinks because the world is the enemy of God. The way the world philosophy is, is the exact opposite of God's philosophy. The problem today is, is that the church has not influenced the world. The world has influenced the church. And, the, and we've got to influence the world, we, but we've got to start with us. And so this accusation is false yet telling. They're, they're, they're throwing out there this falsehood, trying to get them in trouble. And so the people in the city, they're disturbed. And so they say, well, give us some money to guarantee, you know, you won't do any more. And they let them go. And, and so there's this accusation about Paul. He's turning everything upside down. And so they said, Paul, you got to get out of here. And then we see this contrast come into play. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. You would think Paul would have learned by now. But this is how he always does it. Because this is the best way to do it for him. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scripture daily to see if these things were so. I've talked to so many people that, that say, well, I just don't think. Anytime anybody tells me that they feel or think, I say, I don't care. Because what, I, what Stuart feels or thinks shouldn't even affect you. Because it doesn't matter. Because all of us have an opinion. And just like our armpits, they all stink. Right? Let God be true and every man a liar, right? That's what the Bible says. So my opinion is worthless. It's as worthless as yours. And when you try to give me your opinion, it's worthless. I'm not going to tell you that if I'm talking to somebody and they give me their opinion. Oh, well, that's interesting. Have you ever thought about this? And, you know, I dialogue with them. But in my head, I'm going, well, that's dumb. Now, if it's a Christian and they say, well, I just feel, I don't care about what you feel. Show me in the scripture. Now, if that's a Christian, a brother or sister. I'm talking to a lost person. I'm going to be nice to them, obviously. I'll be nice to you too, but it just won't come out the same way. That sounded bad when I said it. I didn't mean it that way anyway. But this is a new type of Jews. These last Jews just got jealous. No, that's not the Jesus we believe in. These Jews went, wow, that sounds exciting, but I'm not going to believe it till I check it out. And they ran to the Scripture to see whether what Paul was saying was true. And as they looked in the Scripture, they went, Lo and behold, we didn't notice that before. He's right. That's what it says. And he could prove that Jesus had lived his life that fulfilled all the prophecies of Scripture. And so they began to believe. Have you ever noticed you've never been to a church with the Thessalonican Bible class? But you've been to a ton of them with a Berean Bible class, right? Because they studied the Scriptures to see if it was so. Man, can you imagine now, listen, th think about this. People live in this day. They were not dumb, they were not illiterate, but they didn't have printing presses. They didn't have access to books like you and I do. And so the whole process of education was a little bit different. Today, I left my phone in the pew, and I had to go out in the middle because my computer and my tablet are about the same size, and I picked up my computer. 
and I needed my tablet, so I had to go out to get this. I, I, they were laying side by side, and I grabbed the wrong one. But on this tablet, I've got concordance. I can look up every word, every word that's in the Bible. I've got research books. I can, I can go to the Internet, and I can look up good sources of good information. And now you and I live our life, and we die and stand before God. And he says, why'd you do that? So well, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to. He said, well, I said that in Habakkuk. And you said, Habahu? He said, I wrote it down. Didn't you read it? Well, I never got to that book. Where was that? And those guys back there, they were studying it to make sure it was right. You and I have more access and use it less. They had less access and use it more. Today, there are Chinese Christians who have memorized books of the Bible because they didn't have a copy. And the only way they would ever be able to read it was to recite it in their heads. And they've memorized books after books after books of the Bible so that they could have the Word of God. And I've got two four-foot-wide shelves of Bibles in my office and a few extras scattered around the rest of the bookcases. And I'm going to stand before God and say, oh, I didn't know that. Man, I gave you all kind of resources. Why didn't you read them? See my point? I, I just want you to understand that because we like to make convenient excuses. Sorry, I just had to get this realigned. And so verse 5, it says, uh, I'm sorry, in verse 11, it says, Now these Jews were more noble. Notice that verse 5, it said, Now these Jews, and now they, but these Jews, these Jews go... We're going, to, we're going to listen to you, but we're going to check it out. And when they checked it out, I said, yes, this is great. And look what happens. They received Christ in verse 12. Many of them, many, not some, many of them, therefore believed with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. And there's another bad bud of the Bible. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that, the people in Berea, hearing the word of God, and they're believing, they come down, they agitate everybody, stir them up again. There was a strong belief in verse 12. Many believed. Back there in verse 5, uh, verse uh, 4, some believed. In verse 5, now these Jews and this, now these Jews have a strong belief. Why? Because they got into the word. Let, let me just tell you. I've been talking about primary source. I've been talking about you reading your Bible. Here's something you and I both do. We listen to preachers like myself, and I'm a fallible man. I, I, sometimes I, I've had to learn to curb uh, parts of my personality because I will say something that I think is so ludicrous. Obviously, you know I'm kidding, but people don't. And so I have to not say things in a kidding way sometimes without saying, I'm just kidding because people take it seriously because I said it. And sometimes you're listening to a guy on television or radio or on the internet that is intentionally telling you something that is not biblical. And when you just listen to that and don't check it out here, you're in danger. If you listen to me and don't check it out here, you may be in danger. Because I may slip something in that I didn't even mean to. Because I promise you, I don't mean to tell you anything wrong. I just don't trust me. Like when my son got old enough and said, Dad, don't you trust me? I said, I don't trust myself. Why should I trust you? Right? 
I don't trust me. You shouldn't trust me. You should get in the Word. Only thing we can believe is God. And this is an accurate measurement. You say, well, why should I believe Jesus is the only way? Because the Bible is the one that tells us about him. Well, I don't believe the Bible. Then how can you believe anything? What is it that you believe? Do you believe your mind or do you believe an objective standard of truth? Hitler thought he was doing a good thing. Stalin thought he was doing a good thing. Lenin thought he was doing a good thing. Millions of people died in the 19th century. More martyrs were created in the 19th century than from the time Christ died up to 1900. Did you know that? Because of politics and all of those things. And the men who did that thought they were doing a good thing. At least for themselves. And if there's not an objective standard that says this is right and this is wrong, and if we don't know that standard, how do we ever share with someone who is trapped by sin? Remember when Jesus healed the woman with the issue of blood? And they said, how dare you heal a woman or a person on the Sabbath? He said, that poor woman has suffered from the enemy for however many years, like 38 years or something. For all those years, I think it's a good thing that God heals her on the Sabbath, don't you? They were all worried about their little detail. But when God's word speaks, if we can't trust this word, then we can just close up and go home because it doesn't matter. And so when I'm wrong, I'm wrong because this says I'm wrong. If I'm right, it's not that I'm right, it's this is right and I've told you what this says. Everybody with me on that? You follow me? And so I want you to be that way. I want you as you go out into the world, into your work and, and family, not to hate people, but love people. We were talking about that in Sunday school. The way you counter error is with love and truth. Speaking the truth with love and grace. Occasionally, sometimes you got to get prophetic. Paul did, Peter did. We've covered those texts in the Bible already. But, but listen, God has called us to give the gospel to people, to tell them about Christ so that the Holy Spirit can work into their heart. The knowledge of salvation. Well, Paul had a nagging problem. He had to run again. He left, he left uh, Silas and uh, Timothy behind and said, you guys hang out and help these people. I'm a, and Paul's sort of like the decoy. He went running. Sort of like the guy that had shot a, a, a doe out of season. Or shot a deer, I'm sorry. A, a, and, and, and he saw the game warden coming and he took off running. The game warden started chasing him and ran about two miles and finally the guy just... Couldn't run anymore. He sat down breathing hard. And Gabe Warren caught up with him breathing hard. And said, man, why'd you run? He said, well, here's my license. He said, you got a license? You had a deer? Why did you run? He said, well, my friend back there, he didn't have a license. <laughs> so that's what Paul did. He said, let me just get out of town. They'll follow me. You guys stay here and help everybody. And then when it, it dies down, you come join me later. That's what Paul does. Just to round it out so you see it. Paul had to run again. Next place he goes, go preach the gospel. So how can you apply this in your life today? First of all, seek out the truth about your faith. I'm not going to say anything I hadn't already told you. Seek out the truth about your faith. Listen, if your faith, didn't base, if your faith is based on because your mama said it or your daddy said it or the preacher said it, you need to find out what God said about it. All right? I just, I just believe that. I, I, I love to tell people. I love to see people come to faith in Christ. They're like a baby, and I get that. And so we do have to help them. we got to feed them. But you can... Read this. You can know this for yourself and seek out the truth about Christ. And then only communicate from the truth. Don't give your opinion. Tell who Jesus really is, that he is the Messiah, that he is the Savior from, from before the world began. 
and then stand on that truth. When somebody says, I don't believe that or that's crazy, if you know that it's biblical truth, don't let a different opinion or pressure take you off of it. Sometimes we think our, our kids in school, whether it's high school or college, are under a lot of pressure, and they are. But what I've found is many adults are under a lot of pressure because the people around them put them under that pressure. I, I may have told you this story before, but I was pastoring a church in the country of South Carolina, way out in the middle of nowhere, and I mean, you had to go to the end of the world, turn left before you found it. It was pretty far out. But we were about an hour up from Beaufort, South Carolina, and the Marine Corps Air Station is there, and they had a triple post hydraulic lift that would have lifted an 18-wheeler up, up in the air so they could work on it. That thing had been broken for over a decade. My best friend, who I've mentioned before, his dad ran a hydraulic pneumatic company, and they hired him to fix it. Nobody had ever been able to fix it. So Trey says, hey, I got to be down there fixing that, and we were close to it. It was, less, it was like 30 minutes away, actually. He said, can I stay at your house? And Yes, sure, of course. And I said, I'll help you. So I'd go do the job with him. So I'm down in this pit. Marines are coming in. I hear them, hey, Gunny. And they are using language that I can't say in private. I mean, you know, it's just bad. And they're just cussing and carrying on. And so this, this private Marine's coming up, and he's just blankety-blanking this and that and the other thing. And he's standing there, and he asked me, because it's me and my friend, and we, you know, we're about the same age, two, two white guys. And he says, are you the boss? I said, No. His dad owns the company, and he's the boss. I'm just a helper, and I'm just helping him out. I don't even work for him. And he said, oh, what do you do? <laughs> now, remember, he's using, I won't even give you the initials. It was just bad. And they're all talking. I said, well, I'm a pastor. When I said that, he dropped down on his knees. I'm down in a, a pit of grease and hydraulic lift. And I, by the way, we fixed it. But anyway, I get down, he drops to his knees beside me, and he does this. Hey, I've been having some trouble with my girlfriend. Can you help me? <laughs> you may find that guy that is tough and got that macho going and all that cussing and all. He's weak as a kitten, and that's just his way of keeping you at bay. And if you show them Christ, they'll break. Some of you might get run out of town like Paul, but I don't think that's going to happen. Just love people in the name of Jesus. But know what you believe and why you believe it. And I'm going to do my best to always help teach you that. But listen, just get into this word. My kids, I had three of them, and they went to a Christian school. And many times their teacher would say, oh, that's so good. You know that because your dad's a preacher. And my daughters, if you don't know them, don't mess with them because they're not wilting flowers. So I don't know that because my dad's a preacher. I know that because I studied it for myself. Because they did. And what they believe is not secondhand from daddy. They believe what they believe because they've looked into it. And so I just want to encourage you to do the same thing. I always challenge them to do that. Why do you think that? Why do you believe that? Show me in scripture. And they would study it. They came to their own convictions. And I thank God for that.